0: Let's get into it. Friends welcome to the show. On today's episode, I'm very excited because I'm speaking with my friend Christy G. Christy G is many things, one of which is the podcast host for her show, The Christy G Podcast. She's interviewed some amazing artists like Chris Caraba from Dashboard Confessional, Chris Rowe of the Ataris, Matt Pryor of the GitHub Kids, and many, many more. She's also an extremely creative person. She's an artist who does custom portraits for folks, as well as a maker of buttons, stickers, pins, and artwork. I started following her a few years ago on social media, and I've always enjoyed her enthusiasm for all things 90s, but also because she's a fan of pop punk and emo of the 90s and into the 2000s. I also really enjoy the fact that she's a big fan of Empire Records, as that's one of my favorite movies that I grew up with, and it makes total sense that she's making buttons now that not only honor the film, but also pays tribute to so many different bands and different things, it's just really cool. We talk about doing creative work and pursuing your dreams, despite all the naysayers and doubters. It was an absolute pleasure speaking with Christy. I really do think we could talk about this stuff for hours. So without further ado, please enjoy this wide-ranging and fun combo with Christy G. Thanks again for agreeing to do this. This is... Yeah, I'm excited. This is exciting. It's almost <laughs> shameful, but 30 episodes in, I think, on my podcast, and you're the first female. So oh, thank sweet. you for doing it.
1: Of course. I'm really, really pumped.
0: I figured we would just start right out of the gate. I've been following you, I guess, for a couple of years now, and oh. I'm not exactly sure what prompted that. I'm not exactly sure how I found you on social media. But I think the first thing that I really gravitated towards when looking at your social media presence is your love of the 90s and as well as music and pop culture and things like that. I think we have a lot in common there. We kind of grew up in the same time period. I grew up in the 90s. I remember Mm -hmm. it well. It's (laughs) kind of hard to believe that it was many decades ago now or multiple decades. I
1: know. I refuse (laughs) to believe that. I'm in it, it certainly
0: doesn't feel like it, does it? But no, no. Uh, you're from Bandera, Texas, originally.
1: I am. Yes.
0: And that is a smaller town in Texas, I believe. I think I've driven through it maybe once.
1: Oh, wow. That's, yeah. that's surprising. <laughs> yeah. Um... I
0: used to be in a band and we toured Texas oh. quite a bit. So we were going from small town to small town. But is that near Austin?
1: It's closer to San Antonio. It's about 80 okay. miles from Austin.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. I've spent yeah. some time in San Antonio too. Did you go to Warp Tour in San Antonio? Oh,
1: I did. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah.
0: My first band, we were really fortunate. We played the Warp Tour a few years in a row and twice in 2002 and in 2003, we played San Antonio. Oh, and I yeah. have family friends in Houston. So it was always nice going through there because we had a place to stay. But I remember San Antonio was those two years it rained.
1: Uh Uh-huh. That's really sticky. I remember I was there.
0: Okay. You were there that particular year or those particular Uh years. I remember one of the years, I think it actually flooded in San Antonio. We were getting ready to play and we were fortunate because we had all of our gear up on the stage and then it was just flash flood out of nowhere. Wow. And we were thinking, (laughs) wow, if we, if this had happened 30 minutes earlier, all of our Mm -hmm. stuff would be just in the water.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow. I remember specifically getting totally drenched that one year, and we'd always go to like a Denny's afterwards or something. All of us, we just walked in like a big hot mess, just soaked. But it was really, it really was fun. When you're a kid, it like, doesn't bother you as much. It was yeah, exciting. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, as an
0: adult, I'm such a whiny baby as an adult. When I get sweaty, I just want to immediately retreat to my home and get clean again. Mm-hmm. But as a kid, you're right. I think we would sweat pretty much for 10 to 12 hours at a work tour. And then we'd go hang out all night at a diner or something like a Denny's mm-hmm. or something and didn't really think about it. It was just what we so did. True. And it was a blast. And Paramore,
1: wasn't Paramore like coming around around that time?
0: I think maybe. I think they might have been a little bit later. I feel okay. like that first record came out in around 2004, 2005-ish.
1: Ah, uh, that does make sense. Okay. That's yeah, fun. I remember
0: 2002 was noteworthy because I remember... That was the year that Drive Through Records was banging on all cylinders, and they had their uh. own stage of the Warp Tour, and that was what was really cool for us because we were stoked to be even yeah. in the same area, and we were obsessed with Drive Through Records, and we were obsessed with a lot of the records that they were putting out around that time. And then 2003 was a little bit, I think, a heavier Warp Tour. That was the year that I remember. Thrice was on the entire thing. The Used was really blowing up. Glassjaw was really popular. So I believe 2002 was more. Of a pop punk oriented warp tour, and mm-hmm. then it's, things started to shift a little bit with that incarnation of the second wave or third wave mm-hmm. emo coming in, and and I remember there was a lot more heavy bands on two thousand three.
1: Yes, I think the last year I went was two thousand thirteen, and I okay. it was like a totally different thing. Like I was like, this isn't at all this. It wasn't bad. It was just weird. I'm like, this is not my era of warp tour. I don't really know yeah. anything is going on. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And then there was a few years around that time, like 2014 and even towards the end where they started bringing back some of the legacy bands
1: Mm -hmm. and that was
0: a little bit more fun for me because I remember I didn't go for a period of time and then I went back I wanted to pay my respects the last year, which I think was two thousand seventeen or two thousand eighteen, and there was bands like Mayday Parade in the main, yeah. and I think Simple Plan played. Okay, I recognize <laughs> a lot of these bands that are coming back to play, and yeah, so yeah, good times. Warp tour—that's a common topic on this <laughs> podcast. I feel like that unifies so many different people.
1: Totally. That tour.
0: Okay. So Texas. Cool. Mm -hmm. I've spent a lot of time in Texas. Do you remember there being a music scene where you were from or did you have to drive?
1: Oh yeah. no. I'm from a town that's known as the cowboy capital of the world. So music scene was like country for sure. And I fought everything to not be country. And now I'm (laughs) like, Oh, I can listen to country all day long. I did a Peloton ride this morning. That was an hour of country music, just jamming. It was fun. But Nice. As a kid, I was being rebellious and I was like, I want nothing to do with this. And then I met my first boyfriend, who I'm still like best friends with to this day in 1996. And he introduced me to Tooth & Nail Records, okay, which is where I found like MXPX and that kind of opened up a portal. But yeah, the closest shows are San Antonio. So it was a good hour drive to go okay. or even buy music, get to drive before iTunes, you know, <laughs> go yeah, hunt it down.
0: absolutely. <laughs> Did you discover, so you said 96, so that was a couple Mm -hmm. years after Dookie, and when Mm -hmm. mainstream, that third wave of punk came in, were you Mm -hmm. listening to Green Day before that, or was MXPX kind of like your introduction to pop punk?
1: Well, it's funny that you mentioned Green Day Dookie. My parents actually bought me that CD the year it came out good parents (laughs) i think that's really yeah i think it's (laughs) i think it's funny because my parents were young when i was born they're like 17 18 so i honestly think they wanted it and they just wanted me to have it so they could listen to it kind of thing um (laughs) so i think i love your
0: parents
1: (laughs) pretty cool right um so yeah so i listened to that a lot and so i came i fell into that the mainstream like whatever's on the radio but yeah I think MXPX was my first look out into like the underground kind of indie kind of stuff. But definitely Green Day was a big one for sure. And no doubt, that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, MXPX was such a cool band. I mean, they still are Mm -hmm. in so many ways. Mm -hmm. I love following their career trajectory and I love the fact that they're doing more and more these days. And I think Mike does an incredible job marketing his band. He recognizes Mm -hmm. their lane. He recognizes their legacy. And I think he does a really good job. I loved their last record and all the singles that they've put out subsequently since Mm -hmm. and it was exciting to hear a band like mxpx back then because i don't know it was a band that you didn't mind listening to with your parents around you knew Mm -hmm. they were going to curse and did you grow up in the church at all was that part of discovering tooth and nail or how did that come about
1: so it's kind of funny so my parents bought me green day and i was like in seventh grade i would say sixth seventh grade eighth grade we started doing the church world and then all of a sudden all that music was bad quote-unquote bad and so i wasn't allowed to listen to it really anymore and so i kind of only listened to whatever was on the christian spectrum which was at that time before i found tooth and nail with carmen and dc talk and Mm -hmm. i was like ah you know, the middle school it was like, whatever. But then when I found tooth and nail records, it was like, holy crap, these are my people. And so it was like both worlds kind of intertwined together. And mm-hmm. but at the same time, my dad would take me to see Aerosmith. And so we that that little like section of like, breaking all my secular CDs <laughs> was only like a <laughs> year, a year of my life. And then it kind of Transitioned out of it and everything was fine again. But yeah, I definitely did grow up in that Christian world all through high school. I went to a Bible college after high school, but then I realized I didn't want to be there and I left really quickly. Okay. Well, yeah. good for you. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> I think there, I have a lot of friends that grew up in the church. I live in Kansas. Well, I live in Lawrence now, but I grew up in mm-hmm. Kansas City, which is about 45 minutes from here. And my first band, I was the secular one. I didn't realize I was mm-hmm. the secular one. I didn't even know what that meant at the time. <laughs> yeah. But I was introduced to, the tooth and nail world. And there Mm -hmm. were a lot of peers who also grew up with tooth and nail and they were going to the summer camps and everything. And they were a part of the evangelical world. Mm -hmm. And I would go to local shows and sometimes they'd be at churches. Sometimes they'd be at Christian bookstores. And Mm -hmm. I met a lot of friends that I still have through this scene, but I grew up like you. I was listening to Dookie beforehand. I discovered Dookie when I was 10 and Side point, I think it's kind of cool that I'm 37 now and I don't feel old. That's not how I identify myself.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know. We're not. We're not.
0: We're very young (laughs) still. And it's funny to think about my parents at my age, nearing 40. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my parents were into the grunge scene. They liked oh, nice. but was on the radio. They liked the Smashing Pumpkins and mm-hmm. Nirvana and Pearl Jam and all those bands. And Green Day. I laugh sometimes because I'll listen to Billie Eilish and I can enjoy Billie <laughs> Eilish for what it is. Mm-hmm. And my fiance, her daughter is seven and she also likes Aww. Billie Eilish. So it's it's interesting the perception when you're a kid, your, mm-hmm. par- your parents just seem ancient and <laughs> like they can't possibly con- be connected to what you're connected to. True. But that's funny that your parents were young. Of course, they were probably into Green Day. I mean, they were playing yep. all those hits like crazy on the radio. I mean, it was top 40. <laughs> so that's cool. Okay, so that makes sense that you got kind of immersed in the tooth and nail world. What were some other tooth and nail bands that you really liked back then?
1: I really liked the dingies and Squad Five O. Who else was like a big one? Goaty Hook, the yeah, Honeypens. Uh yeah. Like that kind of era actually I have a tooth and nail catalog right in front of me that I found in Texas. What is cool. in here?
0: Is Mike Carrera yes. wearing the swag, the tooth and nail shirts and stuff?
1: Oh no. This one has the guy from squad Five O. Oh, it's a 2000 catalog. So that's a little older.
0: Okay, cool. But, um... That's awesome. Squad Five O, what a fun <laughs> live band.
1: Oh my gosh. So fun.
0: Yeah. My first band, I was the odd man out kind of, I didn't realize it, mm-hmm. but the other guys, they were definitely they grew up in that world the christian world and they mm-hmm. i remember when we went on tour they all had leather bound bibles with their names inscribed oh, on them yeah uh huh and that was so <laughs> kind of foreign to me because i just didn't really grow up going to church or anything but mm-hmm. we were definitely immersed in that world we were booking our own tours and we would play churches and yeah. MCAs and things across the country but yeah squad five i forgot about them great band so
1: good also and like Pack. i like- Oh, value pack was great. Um, the super tones are another big one. Like that ska yeah. band. Oh my God. So fun.
0: And I you've interviewed that. Ethan, right? Ethan luck.
1: Yeah. I feel like he's in oh, every He's nail band at some point. <laughs> <laughs> it's true.
0: Yeah. He's a prolific yeah. guy. He's definitely been, he's seen it all. I think
1: he's amazing. He's one of my favorite, favorite humans for sure. One cool. of the nicest.
0: Yeah. yeah. I don't think I've ever met him before, but he seems really nice in all the interviews. He's awesome. I listened to the interview that you did with him.
1: Aww. And
0: yeah. I really enjoy your podcast. I've been listening Thank for you. a while now. I really loved the, I've been meaning to check out the Rusty Pistachio episode and I actually listened yeah. to it this morning. That was great.
1: Oh, I love Rusty. <laughs> yeah.
0: my business partner he was in a band with me after the first band that i was in and his favorite band is h2o oh wow so, yeah so i've been a fan of h2o since the epitaph compilations the punkorama wow. but yeah he really loves h2o and i'm gonna send him that episode
1: oh you should i see um toby all the time he lives like a mile down the road and he's always outside that's and awesome I'm always... and i'm <laughs> I'm like such a weirdo. Like, I'll take a picture of him far away, and I'll send it to Rusty. And I'm like, "This is Toby, right?" He's like, "Yeah, tell him hi." I was like, "Nope, nope, I'm too shy. Not gonna do it."
0: <laughs> you should go but talk I'm like, to I saw him. That guy <laughs> is. I love his social media presence. He's just putting up positive stuff all the time, and I love his <laughs> podcast is great too. Yeah, I've been seeing that he's been making a gym out of his garage, which is really cool.
1: Mm, yeah. So he's yeah, sponsored cool. by what's that? Liquid Death. Liquid Death Gym.
0: That's right. Yeah. Is that a gym? I was trying to figure out what that was for the longest time.
1: Liquid liquid death? No, it's a a water.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. I didn't know if it was like an energy drink or a (laughs) pre-workout or something because I've seen a lot of bands promoting it and Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure what it was.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's funny how small the music world is too. I feel like I've met people through people. Like everyone knows everybody almost on all my episodes. They're all in the same circle and I find that out through chatting so strange how small it is
0: it is we often think it's much bigger than it really is but we're all connected mm-hmm. somehow you know break everything always. down into molecules and atoms and we're all just colliding into one another but it is <laughs> interesting how there's satellite people and mm-hmm. I've always been really fortunate because I always felt like I somehow was lucky enough to be in the presence of satellite people in Kansas City mm. and oh yeah I'll start training somebody or I'll, I'll talk to somebody that I haven't talked to in a while. And we recognize that we have all these different connections through these different people. That's really cool. I like that because that breeds that sense of community. And that mm-hmm. was always nice back in the early 2000s too, before the internet, because. There was a lot more grassroots marketing when it came to bands. I would go to shows and just pass out hundreds of flyers. You were really building these connections with people and you're having face-to-face conversations. What's cool about the podcasting is you can still do that. And maybe that's why I like doing it, but it's probably why (laughs) you like doing it as well, right? Just being able to converse with these people and make those connections.
1: Yes. You seem to be way more, what's the word? Definitely more professional. I feel like a total spaz when I'm talking to people.
0: (laughs) I have to to
1: really edit my podcast because I just like get so excited. Did you hear the one that prior?
0: I did. Yes.
1: Like the very beginning of that. I'm like, I totally have to geek out and like whatever. And he just like, okay. And I'm like, okay, that was dumb. (laughs) (laughs) I like that though. It was funny, but I was like, I have to rein it in. Just rein it in, Christy.
0: (laughs) I totally get it. Trust me. I was so excited to speak with Adam from the band Homegrown the other day. Mm -hmm. And I grew up idolizing that band. I know Mm -hmm. they're one of those pop punk bands that I think people often forget about just because they broke up so long ago. But I was starstruck talking to that guy. Uh I mean, I remember being starstruck talking to him 20 years ago, but it was. Such a cool thing to talk to him now because he's in such a different place in his life, it seems. Yeah. And he's a family man. And I like it when people are fans of things. I like it when mm-hmm. people are enthusiastic about things like we are about the GetUp Kids because I would oh. be a total, I would have a difficult moment or moments <laughs> talking to Matt Pryor and I've seen him, I live in his town, so I've seen yeah. him around. I have yet to go up to him and talk to him, but... <laughs> Yeah, my favorite graphic of yours that you've put out recently was, I think Daria, and she was wearing oh, a yeah.
1: kid shirt. I thought that was great. Yeah, I like how somebody yeah. as a serious Daria fan got kind of like agitated. They're like, Daria would wear these shirts. I'm like, oh, Lord. I'm like, I think how, she do would. You know? how do you know what she'd be doing now?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: I, I'm convinced that she would like it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I love how there's Daria purists out there. I know. <laughs> They're like, she would never wear anything on her t-shirt, just black. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. So you moved out to Los Angeles. I was reading your bio and it said you moved out there in 2007.
1: I did. Yeah. Yeah, Been out here for 14 years. Is that right? I've lost track of time. Yeah. 14. Yeah. 14 and a half years. It's crazy, (laughs) right? It's wild.
0: What -hmm. prompted that? What prompted the move?
1: Oh man. I met a boy on MySpace. (laughs) <laughs> that, that's when how that it always happens game. christy <laughs> i know so i found him on MySpace that he at the time was the tour manager for a band called shiny toy guns oh yeah and I remember I, them. i'd i never even heard of the band at the time but he had really cool hair so i was like oh he seemed fun <laughs> and uh he um flew me out here for our first date and took me to disneyland so i was like wow. oh this, this guy's cool and then um about six months later all right i'm gonna just try it. And I packed my little, it's so like movie, like I packed my Volkswagen Beetle up with all of my stuff in my car and drove across the country. And I've just been here since. Cool. And uh, That's awesome. we were together six years, but oh, I married wow. someone else. Okay,
0: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, that definitely gives context. I mean,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I was hoping that he didn't fly you out there and take you to Disneyland. And then <laughs> I don't know if you guys immediately end the relationship <laughs> as soon as you get out there.
1: Oh yeah, because never. that's happened to people, I think. <laughs> oh <That's>... yeah. <laughs>
0: so okay, cool. That's a great first date. I'm gonna fly you out. We're gonna go to Disneyland. So yeah. <laughs> I gotta give him props for that.
1: <laughs> was that awkward getting to know each other while standing in long lines? Like, well, um, okay, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was it was really he was a good guy. It just didn't work out in the end. He's married to someone else. I'm married to someone else, and it it's all good.
0: Okay, cool. That's yeah. great. I'm glad you guys are both happy. Yeah. (laughs) I also noticed in your bio, you said that you started working at a high-end retail store in LA.
1: (laughs) I did. That was interesting.
0: (laughs) I'm sure it was. I'm sure you experienced a lot of different things out in LA. Uh I mean, I've been to LA several times. It's definitely (laughs) a different world out there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Even compared to Texas, I think Texas is its own world in many ways. Mm -hmm. And the Midwest where I'm from, I definitely feel more parallels to Texas than I do. So I have family in Houston. They're very nice. So and all the people that they've <laughs> associated with are very nice that I've met over the years. But I think there's mm-hmm. more parallels with the people from the Midwest and <laughs> Texas than maybe the Midwest and California. California 100%. is just kind of it's a different universe. I remember mm-hmm. the first time I went out there, I was 18 and It was almost like a culture shock. And I think you even mentioned that in your bio, you mentioned that it was a bit of a culture shock going out there. Were there any really interesting things that occurred while working retail out (laughs) in LA?
1: Yeah, I think my favorite story from that store, I was just standing in there because high-end retail, you don't, it's not like H&M or you get like thousands of people all day long. It's like you get 10 customers maybe a day because mm-hmm. they're spending $1,500 on a hoodie. It's that kind of stuff. But I was just standing there and in walks Alice Cooper wearing a poncho, like a Mexican poncho. And he was, just, <laughs> I was just like, I'm not worthy, you know? Um, That's awesome.
0: Yeah, you got to throw the wings World in there.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but he was super cool. And he was like looking for his wife. And I guess I was like slouching. Like I was just like hanging around. He's like, he just comes and like takes my shoulders and he's like, okay, stand up straight. Much better. Have you seen my wife? And I was like, oh my God. I was like, what's happening? Um, <laughs> that, <laughs> so that was fun. But I got to help people like Taylor Swift. Usher was a big one. Russell Brand. So that's a really oh. fun, like, run in Rihanna. She came in high as a kite one time, and that was pretty fun. Um, oh, but that's
0: incredible. You met Rihanna.
1: De- <laughs> yeah, yeah. she was definitely, like, high. Probably, like, I don't know. Nothing crazy, obviously. But she came and was, like, rubbing my tattoos on my arms. It wow, was okay. like, ooh. And I was like, ah, okay. Celebrities but, um, really
0: want to touch you.
1: I know it's weird. Same with David Hasselhoff. He told me I was cute, like Juno of all things. Oh like Juno? Like because that movie like is like the movie, so popular. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that was about. <laughs> but okay. I thought it was kind of silly. Yeah. Oh. So there's a lot of that. I'm just not a good salesperson. Like if someone doesn't like something, I don't try to sell them on it. I'm just like, okay, moving on. And so how I kept that job for five years is beyond me. Like how have they just <laughs> didn't get rid of me, but I stuck it out. And finally, one day I was like, I don't think this is the right job for me. And yeah, so I left.
0: (laughs) Maybe it was good for a season, that transitional period. Did you work there as soon as you got out there or close to when you moved out there?
1: Yeah, I got that job within a week. So I got really lucky okay. and like cool. scored it, Yeah. Cause I knew some people who owned a denim line out here through the guy I moved out here for, and they have jeans in that store. So it just kind of worked out perfectly. And I'm still friends with almost everybody that I worked with then. And they went on to do some really cool stuff too. So it's been fun keeping in touch with those people.
0: Cool. Well, yeah. maybe the lesson you learned was through not trying to oversell you actually mm-hmm. became a really proficient salesperson
1: true I just like to treat people how I would want to be treated I'm like I don't want anybody following me around a store <laughs> trying to sell me something it had my headphones on for a reason so people leave me alone while I'm shopping yeah so you're an introvert shopper it. that's me oh too. yeah oh my gosh <laughs> yeah I'm like leave bad. me alone
0: Whenever they come, I mean, I haven't been shopping in a while just because of the pandemic thing, but Mm -hmm. with my partner, Pamela, we go into a store and she makes fun of me because I have this overwhelming need to try to be polite to the people that Uh are trying to sell me something. So I'll engage in conversation with them, even though I have no interest in buying anything. And it may just Mm be, I'm there by proxy because I'm there with my partner,
1: depending on where we're
0: at or something, but she is ruthless. She's like, Nope, not interested. We're good. She won't say it exactly like that, but she'll definitely give that vibe. Mm -hmm. And she's much more brave when it comes to stuff like that. And that may be because she worked retail at one point, so she knows. Uh,
1: She like me where she folds all the shirts everywhere I go. I'm like holding all the shirts, putting them back nicely. I'm that weirdo. <laughs> yeah. That's all I
0: would be able to do if I was working retail. I'd,
1: <laughs> I'd be so scared to
0: talk to people. Well, cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, if nothing else, you probably learn to establish relationships and network mm-hmm. and cultivate relationships. And was probably a sense of having to, because it, I know for me, if I was around celebrities often, I feel like I would have a difficult time maintaining composure. mm mm-hmm. And I it wasn't like first. normal people. Yeah,
1: yeah. at first it was, it was kind of weird. After a while, it just it became kind of norm. I was just like, oh yeah, there's that person again. Or because they once I feel like people, especially like the higher end celebrities, when they feel that they can be comfortable in that store, they'll come in a lot. When they know people sure. will leave them alone, and so that's kind of what our vibe was. Is just like just act like they're everybody else, and so
0: it was probably refreshing.
1: Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. It's funny. Cause like the ones who had been around, like who had like established their career many years ago were super cool. It was the overnight successes, like the reality TV stars that we had the biggest problem with. Cause they thought they were like the greatest thing ever.
0: <laughs> yeah, They're hot stuff. We're
1: like, yeah.
0: For <laughs> so a millisecond, <laughs> literally yeah. they, they come and they go the first gym that I worked at, there was two people that trained there. I guess one of them didn't train there, but she worked out there a lot and her partner, they were on the real world.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And this guy, I mean, I don't really look like I am a personal trainer. I don't really look like I'm involved (laughs) in that world at all, but this guy definitely did Uh give the impression that he probably worked at a gym. And (laughs) I remember one day he came in and he had new business cards and they were in between cycles of the real world. They just shot it and they were getting ready to promote it. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And he literally changed his business card to say TV personality.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: And I was just like, oh God, <laughs> dude, just soak it up. Cause this, this is like 15 seconds of fame. And yep. then it's all, but this was probably like six or seven years ago. So it really wasn't that uh-huh. long ago. Wow. And I remember thinking they're still doing the real world. I was surprised by that.
1: Oh, MTV still a thing. I always thought if I had like a billion dollars to just play with, I would buy the rights to MTV and just start it from day one, like in 1981 and just let it play. That's over a good idea. Again. Until like, the early, like TRL days. Once TRL was done, I was like, okay, just start it over again. <laughs> <I was laughs> That's like, a good place to MTV? just cut it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think they used to do that. I remember there was a period of time where, I want to say it was MTV. In the middle of the night, they would play 1980s MTV.
1: That's so fun. I love that. Do you remember videos, much, so it was cool. much Music? Is that what it was called? The, yeah. the Canadian or Fuse? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know yeah, if you I My Instagram, when I went back to Texas, I found VHS tapes and it was like MXPX and like dashboard playing live on Fuse that I had VHS recorded a zillion years ago. And I was like, oh, look what I found. I'm like, that was a good station. They actually, played music. I sound like an old person. <laughs> those are
0: that's that's okay. We're still young. We've already we've already established that and <laughs> I'm sticking to it. That doesn't really seem like that long ago. Literally taping things on TV wow. because it was exciting when you would see this underground band being hoisted up by Fuse or mm-hmm. much music. Because I remember that too. I remember there was a period of time where it seemed like all the screamo bands they all had videos where they were playing in a white warehouse,
1: <laughs> and yeah.
0: Fuse was just playing those videos on Mm -hmm. regular rotation. I remember there was a Thursday video and a Hawthorne Heights video and a from first to last. And it looked like they were all in the same location. Taking Back Sunday did one. This photograph is proof. And so good. I remember around that time Fuse was really promoting a lot of those bands. I probably did a lot for their careers.
1: That's awesome though. I love that.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So good, man. I used to go watch Taking Back Sunday at this little venue in Austin called Emos that maybe fit a hundred people. Yeah, it was the best.
0: We played there quite a bit. Oh,
1: nice. Yeah, oh, the one okay. time
0: we ever played South by Southwest was at Emo's with a bunch oh, of people. Oh, that's hands. the
1: place to be. That's
0: yeah, fun. it was cool. It was the old one because they've since moved, oh. right?
1: Yeah I, yeah, I haven't been to that one yet. I refuse to acknowledge it's there. <laughs> <laughs> just just kidding. <laughs> That's awesome.
0: I want to say my first band, I should remember this because I actually think it's cooler now than I probably did then. We were just touring a ton, so it was just kind of blurry. But I want to say we played with Dogwood. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh Now, I yeah. feel like I should know this, but what band were you in?
0: I was in a band called Game Time. We, Game
1: Time.
0: Yeah, Game Time was the first band that I was in. I started it when I was 16 in 2000. Aww. And we were a band until August or September of 2004. And we wow. toured quite a bit. We were really, really hungry. So I graduated high school and psh, we're out. We were a really small, unsigned band, but we toured quite a bit. And we just tried to make friends everywhere we went. We were really good friends with some tooth and nail bands. And I think that was mainly our guitar player that poked a lot of that up. But we did a short run with Dogwood. We played a bunch of shows with Off the Record. Cool. Um, yeah. So it was, it was fun. We basically got a record deal and then broke up. So we were,
1: Aww. yeah. <laughs> that is a common story, I feel like. You hear that a lot. Yeah,
0: yeah. Unfortunately, because I think that was when <laughs> it really got serious. Mm-hmm. People were thinking, oh, okay. Yeah. So this is definitely going to be another two to three years of my life at least. <laughs> so that was a little yeah. scary for some people, but. What I think is cool about you is you're such a creative person and you're creative in lots of different ways. And I like, anytime I see somebody being creative, whether they're building a business or they're doing it to do it. And then Mm -hmm. sometimes people do it to do it. And then it becomes this business, right? It becomes this Mm -hmm. almost side thing that starts generating income. I think now there's no barriers, really. People can start an Etsy page, they can start making t-shirts. In Kansas mm-hmm. City, t-shirts became really, really popular when the Royals won the World Series. That's when oh, yeah. like, all these different companies started making all this Kansas City stuff, which was really cool because I've always been a fan of the city that I grew up in, but it's not hard to <laughs> set this up today with how ubiquitous it is and everything. So... You've been exercising your creativity for a while and I love your designs, your buttons and your stickers. Can you talk a little bit about that journey? Because it seems like this has become a business for you.
1: Yeah, it kind of started. So like many years ago, I would do watercolors and then I just kind of like fell out of that funk. And then one day I was like, oh, I should just ask these people how they make their graphics. And this girl told me about Procreate. And I was like, "I have an iPad. I can try procreate." And so I just started to kind of doodling around and just kept playing with it and playing with it, and then, like you said, I was doing it for fun, and then people were like, "Oh, can you draw this and that?" And it just kind of turned into something. So all during the pandemic, I didn't have a job. I'm still like doing whatever I can, you know mm-hmm. and so it just became, yeah a thing. And so I ordered stickers, and then I've done stuff for a friends' album covers and Chris Carabas liked some of my stuff and so shared it. And then we collaborated and did like a couple of dashboard buttons. And um,
0: I saw that really cool.
1: Yeah. So just really, really fun. And it just makes me happy to just sit down and create something. And the fact I'm kind of like, it sounds funny to say, because it's hard for me to talk about my own accomplishments to myself. But a year ago, I couldn't draw eyes for the life of me, like eyeballs. And now mm. they're my favorite thing. Like, I love eyes. <laughs> and so they are. So someone asked me to draw Ariana Grande for them. And I was super pumped because she has all these eyelashes and eye makeup. And I was like, ooh, someone with cool eyes. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I've just been doing that and doing the button thing and just doing custom made buttons. And like, sorry, try not to sneeze. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, uh, oh, nice. yeah, just, I don't really have a set plan. It just kind of like, it could be like a day-to-day thing. I'll just come up with something random and just make a button out of it, which is really cool. Cause I can do one button and if it looks good, then I'll just share it. And if it doesn't, then I'm like, okay, cool. I made one button instead of having to order a hundred. I just make them at home. And it's a lot of work when people yeah. order a lot. So it's kind of fun, but also like, man, my right arm is going to be like way more buff than my other arm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, You got to switch sides.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I've also like made friends with the printer in town I go to and they're all my buddies now. And It's just it's really cool. It's fun.
0: That's awesome. There's a lot there. I think that's really cool. And I like what you said about how it's sort of off the cuff. You can just Mm -hmm. do it because you feel like it and it may be a sense of inspiration out of nowhere just comes mm-hmm. out, of, out of the blue. There's probably certain things in your life. You just mentioned the Peloton. So you're exercising a little bit. I've seen you on your Instagram. You mentioned that quite a bit, which is really cool. Obviously I'm a fan of that stuff. So, but I <laughs> yeah. wonder, I wonder if that helps breed some of the creativity and some of the flow. Oh, state. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Because I find that when I'm exercising, that's when I feel like I have my best ideas when I'm walking on the treadmill. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. And, and there's something about that forward motion. Yeah. Do you, are you familiar with Peloton at all? Like, have you ever Mm -hmm. done any classes? There's a girl. Oh, okay. There's a girl named Kendall who is probably a little younger than us, but I swear she does these like early 2000s rides that are warp Tour. They're like, I'm going to go to warp Tour and make a workout of it. And so I'll be like on her ride and I'm like, oh, shoot that reminds me and so i'll like i'll do a screenshot or i take a picture of the screen and then later on i'm like oh i take a picture of that song and that'll inspire me to do something or like yesterday there was a country song neon rainbow right the alan jackson brooks and dunn and so Mm -hmm. i'm like oh i should do a neon rainbow like chasing the neon rainbow so i started working on that so yeah totally usually musical driven or 90s movies i'm a big fan of that
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, that's awesome. No, I love that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the same with musicians. Mm -hmm. And for me now, I need to get back into it. I'm kind of reusing a lot of things over the years, but I try to on social media, if I post anything, I try to keep it as positive as possible, not Mm -hmm. to perpetuate toxic positivity, but just because Mm -hmm. there's so much of the opposite. And a lot of it is related to mindset stuff and nutrition and fitness and all that. But I'll have probably my best ideas similarly you exercising Mm -hmm. listening to music listening to podcasts Mm -hmm. uh, it'll just spark something and that's really cool it's the same with when i was writing music i feel like that's when the best ideas would come out we're kind of in the middle of nowhere and i'd be driving or something and listening to a song and it would spark an idea or something and i think that's why people really enjoy doing creative endeavors because they like that feeling. They like that feeling Mm -hmm. of kind of entering that flow state because you'll have an idea. And then you, like you said, you get to work on it for a little while, which is probably fun.
1: It's fun too. When I first moved out here and then I worked at that high end store, I worked and lived about an hour apart, like driving. Mm -hmm. And so some of my favorite memories were just sitting in the car and listening to music. And I would always create my own music video in my mind for that song. Cool. And so I would constantly just be like on repeat, trying to create my own video for it. And then out of that came like the story that I've been trying to write for like a zillion years. And I have a playlist of songs that I sit there and I listen to as I write. And it's like 180 songs long now. And I just let it shuffle.
0: That's awesome. That's yeah, really cool. it's fun. I like that you were literally creating the music video. Have you ever thought about doing treatments for music videos?
1: Oh, yeah. Like, and my husband works in the movie industry, and I'm constantly always being like, how do we do this? Or my dream job would probably be like a music supervisor for a movie, and he's creating his own movie. So I'm like, ooh, maybe I could help play around with that dream. But I really like the idea. I actually, in high school, my tiny little town, we had a video class. I don't know, they didn't teach you much, but my goal was to get in there and learn something. My high school dream was to make music videos for bands. And That's then awesome. I just I just never pursued it afterwards because I didn't know how. <laughs> You know, the environment yeah. I grew up in, like, it's like, I felt like I was, a, I was a huge dreamer. Anything I would say, people were like, how the heck are you ever going to do that? Because you'd have to move to Los Angeles. You're never going to live in Los Angeles, my like, dear, right? Or it was, <laughs> it was like this crazy dream that it was just a fun fantasy at the time. And I had no idea that I actually could accomplish it, which is, I'm really envious of The current younger generation because they do have a lot more access for that kind of stuff. But I actually enjoy our generation too because we didn't have access to it because it was more probably had more creativity than the dream
0: for sure. Yeah, and the people before us they had even a tougher time. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, you you showed those kids though because you're in Los Angeles. You've been there for 14 years. So
1: I know it's crazy. I went to my yeah. high school reunion and I was one of the very few people that left town at that time. Really? Like every okay. Yeah. Now there's like no one there. They're all gone. But I remember feeling like I accomplished something, even though I'm just working in the store. I've been in Los Angeles. I'm doing something.
0: Hell yeah. <laughs> um, it's scary it still to blows my mind that I'm here.
1: Oh yeah. But now I can't go home. If I'm home for like more than three days, I'm about ready to lose my mind. I was just <laughs> home for 10 days and it was a lot to handle. Yeah, Luckily probably- I had trips to Austin to plan out to go to, but my little cowboy town. It was just, it's a different world, but kind of fun.
0: Sure. <laughs> if anything, it might be a good chance to unplug from the West Coast for a second.
1: Mm-hmm. But I, I can imagine
0: positive. you're somebody that does a lot of stuff and you're used to your home base, which has probably now become California. I can imagine mm-hmm. after a few days, you're like, okay, I'm ready to go home.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah,
0: for sure. That's cool. What's your favorite thing about interviewing some of your favorite artists?
1: Ooh. When I started to do it, I thought it would just be really cool to like have them on my show just for the sake of having them on my show. Mm-hmm. But most of them have become friends out of it, which has become my favorite part. Just kind of like thinking back in time, 20 years ago, I used to go wig out and see these people play music. And now it's we talk about coffee over text and send each other music back and forth. And it's really, really really cool so i think that's been my favorite part and um, especially finding like those good guys and, mm-hmm. and gals in the industry because for a long time i felt like i found a rut of them that were just like Ugh, yeah like i am over musicians i want nothing to do with these people ever again yeah. and so for like five years i didn't talk to any of them and then one day i just tried again and it opened up a whole other door and so it's been really positive i've gotten a lot out of the friendships that i've made yeah it's absolutely. still super nerve-wracking when i i feel like i haven't I quit drinking seven months ago, but it, it was a norm for me to take a shot of whiskey or something before a podcast because I'd be so nervous. <laughs> totally
0: <laughs> it's gotten, understandable. It's we used to do that yeah. before shows and stuff too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I definitely understand the nervousness because I experienced yeah. that as well. Are you an introvert? Do you consider yourself an introvert?
1: Yes. And people are surprised by that. I kind of put out a vibe that I'm like, Wee! you know, which I am, <laughs> but also like, I just rather be at home and. Have my core group of like five friends, and I'm happy that way. Um, yeah. But I'm trying, I'm trying to get out more. <laughs> sure, but it's hard. Well, you may be
0: very good at extroverting. My mm-hmm. fiance, my partner, she says that I'm good at extroverting, and I never really thought about it this way. But as far as recharge goes, introversion is me to a T. I introvert, meaning I recharge alone but I extrovert or have the capacity to extrovert well. And maybe that's why I felt compelled to do this podcast. The same thing for you. Yeah. You may really recharge alone, but you still, it's life-giving to talk to people. And
1: 100%. Yeah, for sure. I'm always Especially like, after like, oh yeah. But even like in Texas, like my favorite human in the world that, In Texas, like lives in Austin. And I remember being like, oh, I got to drive 81 miles to Austin. But I knew it's like, once I get there, I'm going to be so pumped that I did. And it was like Mm -hmm. the best day. I was home. I was like, this is the best. And I love my friend. And it was really, really cool.
0: That sounds like an introvert.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You have to talk
0: yourself into going and doing the thing or going to the party. But then once you're there, you're like, okay, this is the right decision.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I'm sure talking to people, you've probably experienced this, it tends to humanize these people.
1: Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yes. And it's yeah. it's fun, like, later on, like, I feel like I'm having a different conversation now than I would have had 20 years ago. It's mm-hmm. fun, like, talking to Matt Pryor. We talked mostly about our favorite television shows. We didn't have to talk about music. It's like Letterkenny yeah. and John Mulaney. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's fun amazing. because I'm like, oh, I get to hear this other side of them I didn't know, which I wasn't even planning on talking to him about. It just worked out that way.
0: Yeah. And Matt is a family man. He's got... Mm-hmm four kids, I believe three or four kids. And (laughs) it's funny. Sometimes I'll go to shows. I mean, it's been a while, obviously with COVID and everything, but Mm -hmm. I would see his kids at shows sometimes. And I think that really humanizes them too, because you're thinking, Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, your dad's a legend, no big, but (laughs) he's also a dad and Uh his daughter, I think her name is Lily. I'm pretty sure her name is Lily. Uh She does music as well too, which is really cool. Yeah. I think just having conversations with these people, Oh, yeah. You're larger than life in my mind, but Mm -hmm. I guess a little less now that Mm -hmm. I see you're actually you're a human being, just like we all are. And (laughs) there's a lot of human themes that they still or after, you know, contribution and being heard, being valued and that sort of thing. What have been some of your favorite moments in talking to these types of artists? You said you like the fact that you guys develop a relationship afterwards, but are there any moments while talking to people that really stick out for you?
1: Um, talking to Chris Caraba about his work on Spider-Man was super cool. Like, cause I work at Sony and that was a Sony movie. And he was talking about the lot and people that I knew at Sony that I'd worked in the same building with and I was like, wow, what a weird small world. Mm. Super, super cool. So that's been really fun. I'm trying to think, man. I was going to tell you a really quick, fast little story about the Matt Pryor situation. So, and like how we did the Zoom, he was like, oh, this is my number. We'll just call and I'll record over the phone. And so I texted him, like, this is the information. And all I got back was a bunch of emojis and a New Amsterdam song. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God. And so I'm like, my, I listen to a lot of true crimes. So I was like, is he trying to tell me something? So I'm listening to the New, <laughs> New Amsterdam song like over and over and over. And I'm like, it's like a new AM song. So it's kind of sad and sappy. And I was like, what is this? And then the emojis are super random. So I'm like trying to analyze them. And the whole time it was just his phone or something in his pocket was moving around and it just accidentally said, <laughs> but I was we like, trying to decipher wanna... the code. Yeah. So I was like, does he not want to do it anymore? Like, is he like mad? What did I do? <laughs> but anyway,
0: he trying to tell me. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's <laughs> and it something was embedded in funny. this message. <laughs>
1: So stressed out. But yeah, so I think that was like my funny moment with him. And then I think Caraba for sure was just really fun because we talked about further and just like the, I don't know, like it's hard to explain but just i like going into my conversations. we're just gonna have a chat like i'm like you all like have a certain amount of questions but then i'm just like i'm gonna let it flow and just the places that it went and then listening to all his favorite songs that eventually became some of my favorite songs that i'd never heard of mm-hmm. and it's just that i think it's like my, my favorite part is like it re gives you more like i'm terrible at the words today i'm so sorry <laughs>
0: No worries. You're
1: good. But like, there's been like certain people I'll chat with and then it'll get me super psyched to go listen to their band again in a different light. Cause yeah. I'm like, oh, I can see kind of where these songs came from now. Or I see what kind of person this person is. So I can understand the song better. Mm. And it's, it's been really fun. It's, it's like changed the way I, I hear the music.
0: Yeah. If that makes
1: any sense. It (laughs) can
0: enhance it. Sometimes I listen to other people's podcasts like yours and and others, and I'm a fan of podcasts. I'm listening quite often. And Mm -hmm. not only does it humanize them, but you're right. It does do something. I think it connects people a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I understand why musicians wanted some level of mystique back in the day. You Mm -hmm. know, we never really knew anything about Trent Reznor in the early 90s, and he probably wanted it that way. But I, there's something about, and maybe it has something to do with being introverted. I keep using that word, but I think Mm -hmm. sometimes we like to just observe and Mm -hmm. I like being in their world, so to speak. You listen to them talk and you do feel a bigger sense of connection to them or a more Mm -hmm. important connection with them. And it makes me want to support them that much more, especially if they Mm -hmm. seem like genuine and true intention filled people. And What I loved about Chris on your episode, your last chat with him was when he said that he really prides himself on how he's treated people even Mm -hmm. more so than his music career. Yes. I thought that was really cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think I have a quote somewhere on my Instagram because that was so good about how he's more proud of the kindness that he's shown to people. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, it's so true. Like That goes such a long way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that just makes me want to support his music that much more Mm -hmm. during stuff like that. I mean, it was (laughs) definitely a good moment. I remember you did make a quote out of that and it's a great quote. Yeah.
1: Are they going through your area on their tour
0: for the acoustic tour? Uh Uh-huh. You know, I haven't looked at the dates yet. I did. I happened to see that I was bummed because right before COVID they announced that, Twenty-year tour where the Get Up Kids were opening. Oh, It'd be yeah. a phenomenal tour, and I'm not sure. I'll have to look. Oh,
1: that They've was been my announcing last show. shows
0: in Lawrence, so oh, I'm good. hopeful that some of these bigger tours will come through. I just saw that Motion City is coming
1: oh, fun. through
0: on their anniversary tour. And have you
1: ever? Have you ever read my old blog that I had? I it's haven't. Like z- no. A zillion years. I interviewed Justin from Motion City, and one of the questions was, "How does he do his hair?" <laughs> he "He said something about stockpiling a ton of 90s hair products or something and laying upside down with a blow dryer i don't know i have to go back and find it but i remember like thinking later on i'm like oh i should have him on my show because i bet he'd be fun oh yeah
0: yeah absolutely do it he's (laughs) yeah he's a character for sure he's super smart actually have you heard of clubhouse the app Clubhouse.
1: Mm-mm. Oh, so yes, I have. I'm sorry. Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. no worries. It's like this new social media app where you basically go into a virtual room and you can have conversations with people and people run a chat room. And he did one. I was listening to it a couple weeks ago. It was fun. He was talking all about 90s stuff and 90s pop culture oh, and everything.
1: Oh, that's awesome. It makes that's sense so cool. that he would
0: have to get upside down to get his hair like that.
1: <laughs> I know. Mike, His hair is my favorite. It makes me smile so much.
0: It's pretty iconic. I think there's been times where I think they've done merch designs where it's a silhouette of him and the band and you (laughs) always know it's his hair. (laughs) It's so good. Great band, <laughs> really cool dudes too. Yeah. Well, thanks again for chatting with me today on a random Wednesday. I appreciate it.
1: Course, today is like
0: the day I don't train in person. So I do nice. a lot of heads down computer stuff and social media stuff on Wednesday. So this is perfect. You mentioned that you've been married. Mm-hmm. You've been married since 2015. Is that what, what your yeah. wife said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. My memory button is working. You're good. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think this is the first time I've asked this, maybe this question but what do you think your biggest lesson is that you've learned from being married? What do you love about being married?
1: I've definitely learned to really appreciate someone who is after your dreams and supports your dreams and not like, cause I I'm like, as you can tell, I have a zillion things I want to do. I have a lot of things going on and, Sometimes I get overwhelmed and thinking I'm never going to accomplish anything because I can't focus on. I'm like, oh, I'll make a sticker. I'll make a button. I'll do this podcast. I'll do this. And so he's really good at being like, no, no, just keep going. Like, you could do it. It's great. And like, always been super supportive, but also like critical, not like in a bad way, but like, oh, I think this would sound better if you did it this way or, hey, you should word it this way. And that's been really great. And also, like, we're kind of very different people. Like, he's very kind of like organized. I call him the Monica Geller. I am not Monica Geller. And so we even each other out very, very nicely. And it's been really, really, I, yeah, (laughs) exactly.
0: (laughs) You're the creative fun one.
1: It's funny you say that because I took guitar lessons a zillion years ago. And the only song I ever learned how to play all the way through was Campfire, Kansas. And, but it was like an acoustic guitar. So I've been asking my friends around, like, what's a good electric guitar? And Caraba told me about this one and I'm going to go pick it up on Saturday. And so I was like, cool. I told Mark, my husband, I'm like, I want to get this guitar and I want to start, start learning guitar again. Even if it's just me singing to our future children one day, Phoebe Buffet song, I just want to be able to play something. So that's my new goal <laughs> to pick up that. You
0: can do it, Christy. I'm a guitar player. I know. So oh, I'm very excited. I thought you were going to tell me the one song you learned was Smelly Cat.
1: <laughs> oh no, I'm surprised. <laughs> I, mean, I took could... ukulele lessons once too. And I learned a Matt Pryor song. Like it was always like, I got to get up to the Matt Pryor vibe. I don't know. It's funny. I learn awesome. Smelly Cat. That's on my list now.
0: Yeah, it's like two two or three chords. Yeah. I think she's playing an E and then A and then E and then
1: B. Oh, man. If you can send me any helpful anything to help me get going again, that would be great. (laughs) Like well, you know how to do videos.
0: <laughs> this is going to sound overly simplistic, but a lot of my mm-hmm. friends have been telling me because I've had friends that they've picked up the guitar in the last ten years or fifteen years or so. My parents bought me a guitar when I was eight, oh, so I, I started playing really, really young. Really got into it when I discovered Green Day and started learning a lot of those songs. I also took lessons. Mm-hmm. But what's cool now is you can essentially. You can teach yourself. I have lots of friends that have taught themselves and they're great guitar players. And in some respects they learn different things than I would have learned, you mm-hmm. know, doing the fundamentals starting day one with lessons and stuff. But there's so many tutorials and YouTube guidance on guitar playing specifically. So I would just pick a time, schedule a time in the week, maybe an hour to practice mm-hmm. and look up some YouTube people and find the ones that you like, because there's a lot. And some of them are really, really great instructors. And they can teach you the bare bones basics all the way until the really complex stuff. And I would imagine you want to learn how to play. I don't know. I'm OK. You're OK. Crystalina. Uh-huh. Those songs aren't super difficult, but they're fun to play. Mm-hmm. And you could get there within a year. I think guitar playing is frustrating at first. Yeah, but you'll do great.
1: <laughs> Crystal was my MySpace name at once. I will. Yeah, I'm definitely going to do that. <laughs> I'm really excited though. I'm, I'm pumped. So, awesome. Something new for me to do. But uh, yeah, marriage cool. is, is fun. I'm glad I have him around. And it's been fun during COVID. He works from home. So our living room has turned into like a movie production office. So we get all kinds of fun things. That's awesome. Got Woody Harrelson's wig the other day.
0: (laughs) Oh, cool. All right. (laughs) (laughs) He tends to wear wigs in movies quite a bit. It seems.
1: Yeah, he doesn't have any hair. So, I okay. Think put him in a lot of ways.
0: Makes <laughs> but, sense um, then. Yeah, I rewatched the Star Wars movie that he was in the other day. Solo. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's wearing a wig in that. But, but.
1: yeah, Mark worked on Venom and we even named one of our fish Cletus because of his hair in the movie. It looks like Woody Harrelson. So,
0: that's awesome. <laughs> we, have,
1: we have strange, strange pet names for our fish.
0: Cletus. That reminds me of The Simpsons.
1: Oh, yeah. I've been watching The Simpsons every day since I got Disney. (laughs)
0: Same. I'm such a dork. I've only been watching four seasons from when Uh I was a kid. It gets really weird for me at a certain point. I don't know. It does. Yeah. It does for you, too. I'm not the only Mm -hmm. one. Okay, good. Because I feel like such a weirdo. I get to season six or season seven and it starts to... There's a lot of episodes that are kind of downer episodes yeah. and maybe some people really enjoy that because it's like real world stuff but i tend to laugh at the really silly season two through season six mm-hmm. when connor o'brien was writing for the simpsons <laughs> mm-hmm. and there's just something about those that it just presses all those nostalgia buttons
1: oh for sure i like that with friends i only watch seasons one of three constantly over and over and every now and then i'll go to the later ones but those first three seasons are like my, my all-time favorites
0: the first three are the absolute best for sure yeah <laughs> I, there's still episodes in the later seasons that I haven't seen, oh, wow. and, but the first three are really, really good. And that's, so good. I think that's when I watched it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, Aww. cool. I feel like I could talk to you about nineties references all day long. I
1: know if you ever want to do it again. I should have you on my show whenever it stops. It's actually really quiet today, but there's been jackhammering constantly. So when it gets, yeah, to that's that quieter, good. We
0: lucked out. Yeah. Right. Cause yeah, yes. there's, I experience that too. Sometimes <laughs> there's environmental sounds and things, but yeah. yeah, no, I'd love to, if you ever want to do it, I would be more than happy. That would be That'd be awesome.
1: super fun. I would love to now that I know, especially because I know that we're in the same age group. I'm like, Ooh, I get really pumped. I'm like, Oh, I can talk to you for a long time about all kinds of stuff. <laughs> it is
0: nice. I just talked to a musician who's 39 and mm-hmm. I just discovered his band. You're right. It's kind of refreshing because I can throw out references and he definitely understands mm-hmm. where I'm coming from, but he's got a pulse to what's going on now, but he's also seen a lot and heard a lot. Love it. It's cool. Well, cool. Well, Thank you so much, Christy. Is there anything you would like to plug for the listeners?
1: Yeah, I mean, you can look at my pod, or no, you can look at my podcast. You can listen to it; it's probably better. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you can you can find all my Instagram. Oh, good lord! I'm good. See, I'm telling you, I'm scatterbrained now. I'm looking at yourself. <laughs> I'm gonna turn around. Yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram. It's at Christy G like G E E. And in my little link, there's all the links to all those things. But yeah, I have Etsy stores and podcasts and all kinds of goodies. So. That'd be Radical. Great if you guys yeah, And if you're a fan
0: of Empire Records, like, oh, get some buttons because yes. that's yes. the coolest thing ever.
1: Or send me you, ideas of things that you want me to draw because I'm always open to that. Too.
0: I, I, you may regret telling me to do that. <laughs> I, <don't...
1: laughs> no, do it. I like a challenge.
0: Can I have Arnold Schwarzenegger from True Lies during this one <laughs> scene?
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Send it over.
0: You mentioned something earlier. Oh, you got to do Phoebe. You got to do Phoebe doing Smelly Cat. I
1: do. Oh, my gosh. Point. Yes. That would what do you be do? Fine. Man, I know. I've I have like a whole whole list of ideas and sometimes I'll write them down. The typos come out and go back. I'm like, what the heck was this supposed to say? And be like sort of smelly cat or it be like smiley you know rat or something yeah. i'm like what's smiley fat what's that so i'll write that, that down
0: that might actually be funnier uh, yeah. before we go <laughs> uh-huh. do you have a i wanted to ask you this because there was a period of time one of my best friends in the world he actually unfortunately passed away back in 2012 mm, but we used to make buttons uh-huh. and we made all my bands buttons and he would go to shows and he would literally make thousands of them mm-hmm. and bootleg all these different bands you know they get up kids all those bands around that time and we literally use the ones that you crank with your hands the little uh-huh button makers the three inch buttons the small ones okay is that what you have is that what you use
1: um well my thing it's not very small it's like the size of like I'm trying to think of what to compare it to this thing um, was like
0: this big it had like a little crank
1: yeah and then you slide the thing from side to side
0: yeah it does this thing
1: mm-hmm. flip yeah it. very similar to that yep
0: okay cool yeah no that's awesome yeah. i still have my old button maker around here like I, I need to get it out and start making yeah. some buttons again.
1: it's fun like the things i'm learning like you have to put a certain weight of paper in there you have to make it exactly the same size if they come out wrong the other day i made six buttons to make one button because i kept doing it wrong I was like, oh good god <laughs> so it's a lot of work
0: but yeah, we used fun. to do that too. I remember I would have to cut them out by hand on the paper, uh-huh. and then it was a game changer because we bought this thing that was it just did it automatically,
1: like it a like hole punch little, type thing, right? Yeah,
0: exactly. I but it see was huge. Those. Yeah, oh, it was such a time saver because I remember vivid memories of me being an 18 year old Kyle with my buddy, and we would watch the state and just make buttons all day long. But oh, that's fun! Does. You
1: should make buttons. I totally encourage that. Make 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 <laughs> buttons you for, your for your podcast, see. of course. I
0: should, yeah. That's a good idea. Well, cool, yeah. awesome. Well, <laughs> thanks again. Everybody should check out your podcast. It's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah.
0: And yeah, have a wonderful rest of your day and your week. I'm sure I'll talk to you soon.
1: Yes, yeah, thank you again so much. It was totally super fun. I had sure, a lot. Sure,
0: absolutely, it's a pleasure. <laughs> thanks for doing it.
1: You're
0: welcome. All right, Christy. See ya.